Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here and uh, trust you've enjoyed a really productive sales week, now being Friday the 22nd of January 2021. Hopefully you've uh, looked looking forward to a restful weekend and recharging and getting to reload for uh, what hopefully will be a massive week next week, being the last week of the first month of 2021. And in today's podcast, as we finish off the week, I wanted to talk about a topic that um, a lot of sales leaders tend to let's just say gloss over or not spend as much time focused on this area as I believe they should. And uh, hey, I've got both hands in the air. Back when I was a sales leader, I actually had some situations where I wasn't uh, across this as much as I probably could have been or should have been. And uh, unfortunately, there were some situations there where um, not so much dug myself a little bit of a hole, but I wasn't as educated as I could have been, uh, which had an impact on the team and therefore had an impact on, on the business that I was working for. Uh, so from that date, it actually meant that I needed to focus on this area a lot more, got a lot more granular, and it's what I do now when I'm working with sales leaders in their sales teams is helping them get really fixated on some of these things and, uh, and helping them understand what are the things that's actually going to drive the needle forward and uh, move the business forward. And I often talk about, uh, I often talk about with leaders in particular, uh, a very important question, which I've covered on the podcast before, but it's worth mentioning again. And that is, is this task right now the very best use of your time? And the topic of today's podcast is in relation to this is knowing your numbers. Now, it's a uh, not necessarily a very sexy topic, uh, but it's something that's really fundamental to our ability to be effective around selling, but also to set ourselves up for uh, what hopefully will be a sustainable uh, platform for not just exponential growth, but sustainable growth over the long term. And we've got to know our numbers, guys. It's just, it's just, it's just that simple. And whilst a lot of sales leaders like to spend their time on the sexy stuff or the strategy stuff, uh, sometimes we just have to get really, really practical. And whether we like it or not, the numbers are what drives the momentum and what drives the business forward. And I've often, often looked at this, and this is what I'm working on with a number of clients at the moment actually, is how to put some things in place so they can uh, better understand the metrics, better understand the numbers, but also give themselves some predictability when it comes to forecasting for their business, but also when it comes to setting some KPIs and expectations for their team as well. Knowing these metrics and knowing how it works and being able to put some, some level of uh, practical cadence around them. Uh, makes it easier for everybody to know exactly where they're at, where they're at, uh, at any particular point in time, but also gives themselves some opportunities to identify what are some things and what are some levers that I can start pulling in order to move some of these numbers in the direction it needs to go, just in case uh, I'm if I'm behind. If I'm behind the numbers, I need to know what those metrics are. Uh, just like a doctor are diagnosing any any particular issue, they'll ask you a stack of questions to understand what is the potential underlying issue with with you before they can provide any diagnosis. And uh, what's interesting is I'm, I'm dealing with a few clients at the moment who uh, are not necessarily achieving the revenue sales and sales that they'd like to, but when it comes to answering questions that I ask in relation to the numbers and what it actually means, uh, they're, they're not they're not specific. They're they're quite general, and a lot of it's like a, a feeling. 
uh, I think this is working. It's it's not it's not tangible. So we've got to get really really granular on this. And whilst it's not sexy, it's something that if we get good at will enable us to really move the dial and actually provide a platform for that growth that enables us to be not just sustainable in terms of our ability to drive revenue and drive sales, but also from a profile point of view, uh, we have a level of reliability and trustworthiness that uh, is then placed upon us when we know our numbers and we can deliver those numbers. And I remember back in the day, often uh, one of the challenges for many sales leaders was getting appropriate and accurate forecasts out of the sales team, particularly as we were approaching the end of the quarter. And at the end of the quarter, the sales cadence meetings at the executive level would get more and more regular to the point where, depending on how the business was traveling, you'd almost be having daily cadence reports and cadence meetings where you'd be going through line by line each opportunity and finding out, okay, what is the probability of this particular opportunity uh, closing by the by the end of the quarter or the end of the month? Uh, and it meant that we had to be really granular in terms of what was the real pragmatic possibility of this particular opportunity closing. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the sales guys back then and and some of the sales leaders as well, and I was I'm included in this. Sometimes took the took the word of the salesperson uh, a little bit too much for for granted, and it was like nudge nudge wink wink. Yeah, we'll get this over the line because we've got relationships that in place. And when it didn't happen, there's a little bit of egg on people's faces. So it just reinforced the fact that, you know what, we might have fantastic relationships, but at the end of the day, we need to provide some tangible numbers and some tangible metrics when it comes to measuring our performance as a team, but also measuring our performance as a sales leader, uh, which then leads to, as I said, the credibility of you as a sales leader within the business, but also in front of your team as well. So one of the things to think about is, and I'll go through particular uh, metrics today in relation to some of the things I'm working with clients on, uh, which doesn't necessarily apply to the big enterprise accounts, but certainly in the smaller end of town, when you're looking at uh, building, uh, building a business, building a I guess a, uh, a business development strategy. Uh, having some of these metrics in place certainly enables us to uh, have some numbers that we can base some things on based on industry standards. And this might differ based on different industries. Uh, but essentially, starting with something like this will enable us to have, I guess, a starting point that we can start measuring against and making some adjustments along the way. One of the key things I must must point in and point out here is that buyers, in particular, today in 21st century and no, and especially in 2020, 2021, is they are so much better educated. Even back when I was in in sales as a as a card carrying member of the sales brigade, uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, the internet was was around, but it wasn't as prevalent or, and information wasn't as readily available as it is today. So uh, a lot of the buyers relied, relied on vendors and relied on us as salespeople to educate them in terms of the market, the opportunities, but also the type of services potentially we could provide to solve uh, problems that the customer potentially had. And so the reliance on the vendor was a lot higher potentially than it is today. Uh, buyers have so much access now, ready access to information that the the I guess the the balance in around sales has slightly changed, and there's a lot more power now in the hands of the the buyers because they know a lot more about you as a company, but also potentially about you as an individual before you actually start engaging with them as well. So they they've done their research, and often and I see this a lot. Often uh, companies and buyers have made decisions about who they're going to go with well before the engagement start process actually starts because of because they've done this research 
They might have spoken to existing customers. They may have actually done their research on the validity of some of the claims you're making on your website, or they've gone into your LinkedIn profile and actually had a look and say, well, this, is this person the type of person that I would like to do business with, and can I can I build potentially a relationship with them over the, over the long term? So there's some of the things that buyers are doing, which means we have to get really, really uh, more focused on the value we can bring to the table for these for these particular customers, which we, I can talk about in a completely different podcast. But uh, when it comes to the numbers, it, if at the end of the day, sales is still a numbers game. Now there are there are old school sales metrics, and then there are new school sales metrics. And uh, irrespective of which school you actually come from, uh, there are some basic numbers which all of us need to be really conscious of and play those numbers to our advantage. And it becomes a when we do this, it becomes a really predictable game. And if you treat sales as a game, you actually can get some uh, get some great results and have a lot of fun along the way. So in today's episode, I just wanted to run through, I guess, a, a mini sales strategy, if you like, using using a platform like LinkedIn, which a lot of enterprises now use, a lot of businesses use now, because let's face it, LinkedIn is the the world's biggest business to business platform, and there's millions and millions and millions of people on it, and I think about seventy five to eighty percent of the world's key decision makers across organizations and now on LinkedIn to some capacity. Whether they spend a huge amount of time on the platform or not is is, is another question entirely. But when it comes to a business development uh, pool, it's a, it's a huge pool. It's a huge ocean of opportunity if we're able to tap into it uh, in the most appropriate way. So I just wanted to talk about uh, some, I guess, some sales processes and some of the rough numbers potentially that we can uh, look at from a from a LinkedIn point of view when you're using LinkedIn as your business development strategy, which uh, if you're not today, this might help you in terms of just refining some of the numbers that you've got in your business and just um, looking at, okay, how are we tracking? And if we, if we change some of the approaches here or ramp up the numbers in terms of activity, we can actually have some predictability placed into our sales process and therefore the numbers that we're delivering to the business uh, in terms of not just bottom line delivery, but also forecasting in terms of what's coming in the next month or next quarter. So one of the things we, we need to think about, and, and I'll talk about engagement strategy on a different one, but one of the things we need to think about is, okay, what is your engagement strategy with your with your customers? How do you actually engage with them? Is it outbound marketing? Is it, uh, is it uh, digital marketing? What sort of process do you have? But if we look at LinkedIn as a powerful business development tool, which it is, there are some things we need to be able to do, do within LinkedIn that will enable us to have some predictability around our sales and our forecasting. So it starts with uh, your connection requests or the reach out. And we're going to assume that as most organizations in relation to their strategy and certainly salespeople within that, they'll be doing a lot of outreach in terms of um, contacting potential future customers, uh, trying to build relationships with them and connect with them on LinkedIn. Now, whether you're using a premium account or whether you're using things like Sales Navigator, same principles apply, but I just want to give you some high-level numbers to think about and just uh, compare this with how you're tracking within your business right now. So one of the clients I'm working with right now, we're working on sending out connection requests to their ideal future customer. Now, again, we've talked about LinkedIn before, and LinkedIn would ideally like you to have a connection with uh, with somebody who is in your same industry so you can share ideas and collaborate and all that sort of stuff, which is all well and all good. But if you're going to use this as a business development tool, we've got to be connecting with our future ideal possible clients, not necessarily somebody who's in the same uh, same industry or same sort of uh, speciality. So it's great to collaborate with them and you can do that in other ways. But when it comes to 
sales and business development, we've got to be able to send connection requests to what we believe is our ideal future customer. And this, this is really important because connection requests need to be sent out on a regular basis and they also need to be personalized. Not just sending the, the standard connection request, I'd love to connect with you, you've got to give some context to it. So one of the companies I'm working with right now is we're sending out a number of uh, personalized connection requests. Now, when it's personalized, you can expect an acceptance rate of anything between say 45 and 60% of an acceptance rate to your request. So the first step of this is to continue to connect with new people, to connect with new possible future customers. Now, the more you do this, you can ramp this up and ramp it down based on the numbers for your particular business. But if you think about that, uh, 45 to 60% of a return rate, uh, acceptance rate is actually really, really good if you've got a personalized connection request. Now, the next part of this is once you've connected with them, don't just spam them with business development paraphernalia and, hey, let's have a call and talk about how I can help you. You've got to do an introduction message, which is simple as, hey, thanks for connecting. Really appreciate that. I'd love to know a little bit about, about your business and what you're doing and what you love about your role. And it might well be just one little line about what you do. And it's simply just a thanks for, for connecting. And then once you've done that, you'll, um, you'll send out a lead message, which is probably going to be anything from 14 days to maybe 30 days after your introduction message. Now, the thing to expect is not a lot of people are going to respond to your introduction message. And about probably around oh, 10% of people may respond to your lead message. Now, if you're working back on the numbers, you're thinking about, okay, how many how many lead messages do I need to send out in order to get potentially uh, opportunities to have conversations, therefore convert? And you always work backwards. So roughly 10% are going to respond to your lead message. Now, what happens to the 90% that don't? Well, it doesn't mean they're not interested. It just means that potentially they don't spend a huge amount of time on uh, LinkedIn. So they might see your message two or three weeks down the track, or in some cases that I've seen two or three months down the track. So for those 90% that don't respond, around about seven to 10 days after that, send them a booster message or just a, a quick follow-up just to uh, get that in the in the top of their inbox. And it might actually find there'll be another 10% or maybe even as high as 20%. And I find a lot of people respond more to a booster message than they do to a lead message. And so you've got probably 10 or 20% that are going to respond to that. So all of a sudden, you've got of your existing lead messages that have been sent out, there's going to be a roughly about... Uh, 15 to 20-25% of people who will respond over the next say one to two months to your particular lead message. Now the whole purpose of that lead message is to convert them into a call where there's something of interest that you've got that you've put out. It may well be a solution to a particular problem that you've you put out to the marketplace that piques their interest to the point where they'd like to get on a call with you and uh, have a have a conversation about how you might be able to help them. And the purpose for that call is simply a, a for you a, a simple qualification uh, call. It's simply to work out whether you believe you'll be in a position to help them with the problem that they may have and you might have a solution for that particular problem. And it's simply to do that. And if out of that call you believe you can help them, then the next step is the strategy call, which is a little bit more of a longer call which is around the logistics of how you're going to be able to help them, right? It might, it might involve some proposals, might even involve a presentation you need to do, but that, that really is the sales call to close the sale. Now, the thing to remember about all of this is at any one time in a buying cycle, you need to be able to be aware of where customers potentially are in a buying cycle. At any one time, you're going to have probably about 3% of the, I guess, the buying population who's going to be ready to do something now, which means you'll have to strike while the iron's hot because you're going to be able to catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, but it means that around 97% of your potential customers are not necessarily ready right now, but they go into a nurturing sequence and you start building a relationship and start planting seeds because they will be potential opportunities to close sales down the track. So keep all of that in mind. And when you're thinking about the actual numbers itself, and this is why it's so important to understand the numbers, 
as a sales leader, it's important to know, okay, how many connection requests, for example, on LinkedIn, do my sales execs need to send out or do I need to send out? And what sort of response am I going to get? What what process do I have to then follow in terms of the numbers to guarantee that I can actually hit a sales and revenue goal at the end of the week or at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter? So as an example, if you're going to work backwards from this, here's how it could work. So if, for example, your organization, the average sale for one of your products or services is, say, $10,000 per month, and if your target is $100,000 per month, then that represents 10 new customers per month. So if we work backwards from that, our, our target is hundred grand a month, right? So 10 customers. Now, in order to close $100,000 worth of business, in order to bring on new, uh, 10 new clients per month, uh, what, are, what do you need to do in terms of the, the strategy calls or the sales calls or the sales presentations? Well, if, if the qualification process works well, then there's no reason to not have a close rate of around about 70%. So if you had a 70% close rate based on the qualification process working well, clients are really warmed up, yeah, there's a connection between what you can provide and what problem they've got to solve. Uh, if that's the case, then you need to have, in order to get 10 customers per month, 10 new customers, then there's 14 presentations or 14 strategy sessions or strategy calls or whatever you want to call it, uh, pitches, if you like, to close 70% of those at 10 uh, $10,000 a month per customer. So, uh, okay, if, if that's the case, then in order for me to run 14 strategy calls, then how many pre-qualification calls or how many process calls do I need to go through in order to get access to those 14 potential customers in order to close 70% of them? Well, if, if, there's, a, if there's a 50% qualification, i.e., if again, if you've done the pre-qualification, and of course, these numbers are going to change based on industries and the, and the quality of the people you've got within your business, of course. But if 50% of the people that were qualified end up saying, you know what, I reckon I've got a solution for your problem, uh, and that will then lead to that strategy call or the pitching call, then if that's a 50% uh, strike rate there, you've got 28 calls to do per month, which is about one a day. Even at 20, 20 working days per month, it's an average of one call per day. Now, if you can't get that done, then there's something wrong. Now, if you work on 28 calls per month, uh, how many lead messages would you need to send out in order to generate that level of interest where there's potentially a match between what you've got to offer and the potential problem that a customer or potential customer has. Now, even if you're quite conservative around 10%, then you'd be looking at sending out about 280 to 300 lead messages per month. Now, again, these, these numbers might change based on industry, uh, so they're not an exact science, but these are some of the numbers that are coming through on some of the clients that I'm working with right now. And so sending out lead messages, uh, if you, again, you've got 20 working days, then essentially it's 14 lead messages per day. And these lead messages are not convoluted, they're really quick, they're designed to pique a potential customer's interest on wanting to know a little bit more about what you can provide them in terms of a potential solution to their problem. So if you're working backwards, uh, if you then focus on the numbers, when it comes to measuring performance, you can start then looking at, okay, how many lead messages are we actually sending out? What sort of conversion rate are we getting? How many of those then converting to calls where I'm jumping on a call and then qualifying? And how many of those are then going to the next step where there's a pitching call, a presentation, or a closing call slash a sales call that enables me to convert that number of customers per month? And that's how you generate your numbers, and that's how you measure your numbers, and it also gives you some practicality, but also gives you some predictability to know where you're heading as a team, but also where you're heading as a as a sales leader, which therefore gives certainty to your uh, to your business, but also to the uh, to the powers to be, the senior executives 
that are looking for uh, forecasts and accurate forecasts on a regular basis. So the key message today, guys, is know your numbers. It becomes a quite a predictable science when you know each step in the process, what the breakdowns are. And look, as I said, the example I gave you today uh, doesn't work in necessarily every single case, but whatever works for you, start measuring what the responses are, and then you can start adjusting along the way to uh, increase the number of calls you're getting and therefore increase potentially the number of sales you're getting. So it becomes a very predictable science indeed. And of course, if you'd like some help with this and you'd like some help to get to the exceptional sales level, level where everything becomes a lot more predictable and you're starting to do that within the next 90 days, let's work together one-on-one and let's do that over the next 90 days. You can simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com pick a time it suits and I'll uh, we'll jump on a Zoom call and talk about what that program looks like. So as we round out today, key message guys is uh, know your numbers. Just know your numbers. If you know your numbers, then it gives you some predictability. It also gives you some flexibility about what you can do and how you approach uh, your month ahead, but also when it comes to forecasting, you can give some predictability to the business as well, which in the process will help you become uh, that much closer to being an exceptional sales leader because your profile will go up and your trust and respect that people have in you from a numbers point of view will certainly go up because uh, you know what you're talking about and you can uh, back it up with action. So until uh, until the next episode, have a phenomenal weekend and uh, look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.